CFR Network, CFR Sports. Welcome back to the lab. Diligently working hard, special guest with me, Feminine Energy, Janet JT Todd, current one championship atom weight kickboxing champion, um, and also IF, IFMA Pro Gold times two. Oh, oh, you're talking about the Pan Ams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can see also from your bio, you are, you're married, obviously, and you are an engineer. You have a qualification in engineering. Welcome to the broadcast, Mademoiselle. Yeah, I mean, that's what I went to school for, and that's what I, that's another field that I work in. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, um, I would say, different areas very very um, different areas yeah i feel like it balances me out though i i think you need a part of that analytical side for the you know for muay thai and kickboxing mm -hmm. and then there's that other side where you kind of have to rely on your instincts and you know not not think too much because that ends up <laughs> uh hindering you a little bit. So I feel like it kind of balances me out doing both. Definitely. And in, in regards to the, the engineering um, side, well, what specific field have, did, you, did you sort of um, study for and go into? Uh, yeah, aeronautics. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I've grown up, I always loved math and physics. So I said, why not? Let's, let's try this, uh, let's try this uh, major. And I ended up liking all my classes. They were hard. I definitely had like sleepless nights. I can imagine. But, uh, no, that is excellent. That is a very high level field of expertise to get into. And especially, um, I mean, I did a bit of time within manufacturing and manufacturing as a whole isn't very women friendly, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but when we get into aeronautics, that is again that narrows the field even more i mean um what was your experience like within that sort of uh, genre and were there any other females that were on that journey with you yeah i mean it's still not uh there's not a not as many women as you'd like um i think my graduating class maybe had like three wow. <laughs> um but i i you know, we were all, we were all friends and it never, you know, I, I enjoyed the subjects. I enjoyed the class. So it never really uh, turned me away <laughs> from continuing to pursue it. Just like, you know, Muay Thai and kickboxing, same thing. You know, there's yeah. not as many women, but, and even, even at the gyms, although my gym's a little bit different now, I think we have a lot of female fighters, but um, yeah, it, it never, it never really stopped me. Um, if you love something and you know if it's worth your time you know why let something like that stop you you know yes definitely follow your aspirations goals and passions that that is that will if you can do that at least you're going to be happy at least uh trying to to fulfill those uh those um ideas and, and aspirations <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't fill those molds. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about, I mean, what, 
what was the the catalyst to to strive to go into an area which was I would say is a quite difficult area to get into was this was this a, a culmination of of your parents sort of giving you that foundation to be able to to home in on that area or, or was this all from self kind of thing oh no definitely probably from what my parents agreed since I was little um you know my my mom's Japanese and you know she she studied to be a teacher so you know when when I was little she would teach me and my sister Japanese um on the weekends so we would actually continue to study <laughs> Saturday and Sunday um and she also put us in in abacus classes I don't know if you know what an abacus yes, is. yes I do very good piece of <laughs> very basic old school tech but it does wonders for the mind So I did advocacy for, for a while. We actually, there's actually, there were actually competitions. Um, and that was something my sister and I uh, excelled in. And that's probably why I love math so much. Numbers are logical and it makes sense. <laughs> so I, I actually really enjoyed it. It's amazing to see such young children solving such complex math equations with the the abacus and doing it so quickly as well um <laughs> what is there a specific methods of doing that which is taught to, to you know to be able to do that i don't know if it's a specific method but i feel like uh doing abacus when i was little not only you know helped me understand math better but it actually i think it probably provided us with some discipline because we had to really sit there and concentrate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be distracted so just being able to concentrate on something until you see it through like I, I feel like maybe that's where it might have even started when we were little because then after that we got into sports and stuff so and also yeah, I guess because it has it, to be <laughs> yeah and I, I guess being it, it's tactile as well it's not just you writing down equations and stuff you're physically touching you know that ball and sliding it across and stuff so I guess that adds a bit more I guess for lack of a better phrase some some contextuality and synchronicity to the the math and the real world kind of thing I guess so I never really thought about it but I, I know when I do math in my head I'm I'm you know, imagining an abacus when I do it, especially <laughs> simple addition and subtraction. I, I definitely do that in my head with an abacus. <laughs> I still use it. <laughs> it's, it's an excellent tool. And I think the West should really take a look at, you know, the quote unquote Eastern way of, of, of mathematics teaching at least and, and look at maybe embracing that because I think, you know, that it's an, it's an untapped method. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, being being personal I didn't necessarily like maths and the reason was <laughs> no but the reason was is because it I understood the value of it to a point but it didn't because of the lack of enthusiasm from teachers <laughs> I would say was a big part of it but it not being made applicable 
So I enjoyed it when it was like an, a math equation, like going from one place to another place at a certain amount of speed. I liked that kind of, you know, I can, oh, it's a train and it's went at five o'clock. It's traveling at 67 miles per hour. You know, how many miles is it done? I can see the train, I'm visualizing it and stuff. But when it's just numbers and that kind of stuff, it was, it, to me, it, it felt very boring. Oh, no, I, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's what our, our, our advocacy competition was, you know, it was, you know, we'll do a session on, you know, multiplication, it'd just be a whole list of multiplication problems. And we just sit there and solve it and whoever solved it cor the most correctly and with the minimum, you know, with the least amount of time mm -hmm. got first, you know, second, third. So my sister and I were doing those when yeah, ever since we were little. We had like little uh, abacus trophies too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you definitely started young with the, with the, with the competition. Um, and then as you say, you then moved over to the, the sporting side. What, what did your mother um, sort of introduce you to in, in that sense, uh, athletics? So I did gymnastics while my sister did soccer. And I was in gymnastics till probably uh, high school. Wow. Right. I mean, I, I quit gymnastics when I was in high school and did cheerleading after that. But yeah, it was gymnastics. And uh, yeah, it was actually then my my coach, my gymnastics coach then was teaching me about visualization and breathing. At the time, I didn't really understand the value of it. Mm -hmm. um, but he would always, uh, you know, before I go up on the balance beam or the floor, he'd have me visualize my routine. And then right before I go up, I remember, um, especially, I don't know why this is the moment I always remember, but right before I go on balance beam, he'll, he'll like hold, hold onto like my uh, shoulder. He's like, all right, deep breath. And we'll take like three deep breaths. And then, you know, do my, <laughs> do the competition, mm. do my routine. But yeah, I, I didn't really understand the value then, but Yeah, I think that's where, where uh, like the sports and at least some of the tools for for competition and sports developed as well. Excellent, excellent. I guess building from that young age that ritual of sorts uh, and that foreign idea of, of, of visualization, you've been able to sort of translate that and utilize that throughout your your young athletic sort of career, gymnastics, and, and sort of, as I say, sort of mimic that throughout the, the whole of, um, of your life, really, I guess. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know what, I, I did that for gymnastics, but I didn't really do it for uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing until probably a couple, no, it has, I have, I always think everything's a couple years ago, but it's like five, <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> I moved fast, that's why, Janet. <laughs> it's moving at such a tremendous um, yeah. pace. I know, but yeah, I, I started incorporating it again like five, six, seven years ago. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, uh, yeah, but visualization is a is a big thing and. The more I read about it, it's it's pretty amazing what our brain and everything is capable of doing. You know, they say like visualization kind of activates the same sort of like neural paths as as you actually 
doing, yeah. you know, physically doing the training. Totally. So it's, it's, it's an important aspect of a sports, especially like with shadow boxing too. I know some people might mindlessly shadow box, but it's the perfect opportunity to sit there and visualize what you can be doing in front of an opponent or, or a sparring partner for the day, you know, whatever you choose, but it's the best time to, to practice what, what you want to do in those, you know, in those situations without mm. taking any any damage any to yourself <laughs> yes yes indeed but i mean you raise a good point there i mean that the brain has so much capacity i mean you know quote unquote science hasn't really fully tapped into you know what the brain is capable of and what it can do um you know where is memory held you know i mean the brain is clearly yeah. a physical thing but emotions and memories how are these things housed in a physical sort of thing you know a physical item so the, the, the capability yeah. is unlimited. Yeah, but it's also like it plays tricks on you, right? Because it wants to be as efficient as possible. So whatever memory you do house, like sometimes it'll make these weird connections for you when you see something in front of you. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes I think sort of the survival instinct kicks in and sometimes it connects it to to something that says, okay, you're in danger when in reality you're not. So you need to identify like some of those types of thoughts and break that connection and create a new connection and kind of change your perception of what you're seeing in front of you. It's, I don't know. It's yeah. Oh, brain's a crazy thing. <laughs> it, it certainly is. But the, I think the key is in that respect is, is identifying it because what you can't do anything until you identify like well you know why is this situation continuously happening you know what what do i need to do do i need to look at myself do you know how do i get to a different you know uh outcome of the set of the continuous event that i keep on seeing so th that that's key i think um and yeah. before we can like even forming speech it's an idea and a thought first before you you throw that right hook, it's an idea and thought first, which is trans, trans um, which is then transmuted, I guess, into electrical electrical pulses, and and you know, and signals that go down to the various parts of the body, which then creates that that right cross or that hook or that uppercut. Yeah, and it happens in. <laughs> how quickly it's like a split of a nanosecond <laughs> that's it that's the thing i mean have you i guess it's quite popular these days i don't think based upon what you know our, our rudimentary conversation so far sports psychology um what, what what are your thoughts on that i think a lot of fighters are starting to 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 seek that as as um additional means of training self Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I think, you know, two things. In your mind, which is. Oh, sorry, Janet. Sorry, Janet. Like someone Janet. at. Sorry, Janet. Can oh. you just, just go back again? You yeah. slightly broke Can you up. hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's three things you can train. Um, it's your craft, your body, and your mind. And I always, I think once you get to a certain level, um, your mind is probably the biggest thing that you can be training. It's 
<laughs> someone once asked me, well, what's, what's, uh, I guess, what's stronger, your mind or your body? And I definitely think it's the mind because oh, I feel yeah. like the mind leads the body. Mm-hmm. So if you're not training your mind as much as your body, then you're doing yourself a disservice. But it's also the hardest, it's the hardest thing to train. (laughs) And it's something that you have to do on a daily basis, just like the way you train your craft and your body. Totally, because we all have auto-program character, um, characters even, it's pluralizer. Um, And the the example is like JT gets up and it's, it's cardio day. So there's a, there's a mile and a half drive that you're going to do to a certain spot and you'll get your stuff, you'll get your water, you'll get whatever you need, your, you know, your ear pods, you know, your phone, etc. You'll load up the vehicle and then pretty much as soon as you turn that ignition on, the auto program character has taken over and it's, you're going to be there, presence of sorts, but that regular familiar, familiar journey that you've done is going to be done automatically. You know, you'll stop at the lights, you'll do that turn, you'll do the right turn, blah, blah, blah. And it's, that's just set, you know. So as you say, to to consciously fully drive and observe, you know, I mean, you, again, you're still observing when you're in this mode, but that's what happens when we get into these routines. The mind just takes over and they go, we're going to the gym now, or we're going for that that that, that five-mile jog. I know where we're to go in, you know. Um, left-sided brain, just take it easy. I'll take over and I'll do this journey for you. Yeah, it's, you're talking about more of the automatic side, like yes. the instinctual side. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the fighting side that I really, really enjoy, actually. It's, it's weird. Um, in training and stuff, uh, when we drill, it's, my brain's constantly working, trying to ingrain these skills sort of into that instinctual side. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking during my training camp, but then when I'm fighting, it's just my instincts taking over and just my, you know, just call it like my my natural self just doing what it was trained to do, taking yes. over where I'm not worried about the future, the past. I'm just in there. <laughs> and in whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the best feeling because you don't have like your your chatter in your mind saying, well, that was a crappy move. Why did you do that? Or, well, or thinking about five seconds ago, oh, that was, that was a good, that was good head movement. So what should we do next? Yes. <laughs> and you don't have any of that. And I, I, that chatter sometimes is so annoying and that's what we constantly work, you know, work on, on a daily basis to like minimize that chatter. But on fight day, it's like that chatter is silent and I just get to be in there and just be me. And I, and that's, yeah, I feel like that's the greatest feeling. Talking about fight day then, how, how has the experience been for you with with um, pre, obviously, pandemic fighting with, you know, thousands, you know, sold out arenas and stuff, and now fighting in a closed arena? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I definitely enjoyed the crowd and the energy from the crowd. Yeah. Um, it's something I've never experienced before until one championship and, and the fans are amazing over there. Um, so it, it's definitely different when it's absolutely silent. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but you know i i i fought in you know empty stands before so it's it's nothing new and you know the one benefit is you i can hear my coach very very clearly <laughs> yes a lot of fighters have said that the one benefit that they really get you know is the, the the instructions you can clearly hear the instructions and also i've heard a few fighters say that it, it almost relaxes relaxes them and makes them feel like of sorts and they know they know they're going in for a fight but because it's like there's so little people there it's like they're going to a gym to spar kind of thing you know does does you know there, there may be like a title on the line maybe but the pressure's not necessarily <laughs> as much kind of thing I don't know. I, for me, I feel like the pressure is the same, okay. whether there's a, a crowd there or not. <laughs> um, I think there's more, you know, playing to the crowd when, when there is a crowd, especially, you know, with the, with the walkouts that we do. Mm. So it's, it's kind of weird to do the walkouts <laughs> with an empty crowd. <laughs> but, but they, you know, I still have good music. So you know, I got to enjoy myself. This is what I trained hard for, you know? Exactly. And this is it. Be in the moment. Be in that moment. You've got your favorite, mu you know, piece of music coming on or your distinctive walkout music. Enjoy it. You know, relax, you know, get get those endorphins, the serotonin levels going. And then, you know, you can just take those deep breaths, get the little grease, you know, on, on your face and, uh, you know, prepare yourself for battle. Yeah, pr that's pretty much it. I mean, I definitely get nervous, um, especially in the, you know, in the back wall, especially when I'm warming up for some reason, I'll get, I'll start getting those nerves. And then I just have to, you know, remind myself, you know, I, I made the sacrifices I put in the work. It's just, you know, my time to, to do what I trained and, and have fun and just be free. When you talk about being nervous, what is uh, it, it may sound like a silly question but obviously we're all individuals so is it nerves in regards to you performing is it being knocked out is it winning or is it losing is it a combination of all of that kind of stuff um i'd say my performance um i don't want to disappoint my coach or my family um especially with all the sacrifices that they've made for for me in also in terms of uh, not disappointing myself either, because I did put in all this time to, to put on a good performance. I, you know, I, I get nervous sometimes thinking, oh, maybe I won't, you know, I won't do what we, what we trained for. But then I kind of have to snap out of it and be like, what, what the hell am I talking oh, about? No, come on, I've done this <laughs> how many times? How many rounds of this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, those thoughts, you know, naturally creep in. Mm -hmm. I, I hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> but yeah, those thoughts definitely naturally creep in. And I just have to redirect my thoughts and, and know that I'm, you know, I, I put in, you know, I, I did everything I could. And I know I put in the time and I put in the effort, not just the time, but, but quality effort. Um, so I know that I'm ready. What does a fight camp actually look like? Not in full, full um, detail. I don't want to give all your secrets. Don't need to give all your secrets away, kind of thing. But do you, you know, for, for a week, for instance, say you've got a an eight week fight camp. What would a week consist for you, training wise? Uh, 
Well, we do a lot of drilling uh, at my gym where we drill specific aspects of my, my game plan so that it becomes more ingrained in my head because the more repetition, more, and like I said, quality repetition where I'm not just going through the movements, but you know, absorbing, absorbing what we're doing, mm -hmm. um, getting those repetitions in so that when it comes to fight day, I'm able to repeat it without, without a thought because it's become instinctual. And then there's always, you know, backgrounds to get my creativity going. And then there's those hard pad rounds to make sure that my fitness is up. Um, and then sparring to get my timing. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially what I do. <laughs> but I feel like that's also, also every day, whether I have a fight coming up or not maybe the drills aren't pertain to a game plan but they're pertain more to something a skill that i want to develop okay okay you talk about sparring um is it old school kind of sparring or is it sensible modern day sparring would you like me to elaborate so the so the old school way of sparring the old school way of sparring would be a hundred percent, you know, so you're pretty much fighting your um your fellow <laughs> gym mates. Whereas I think uh, a lot uh, of people okay. these days they're a little bit more uh, tactical and and you know. Um so yeah, when we're far enough away from the fight, it's definitely more timing, timing and just lighter sparring i don't think we've ever gone like full-on fighting <laughs> like old school but when it gets close to the fight a little bit um there's certain teammates that uh jackie who's who's also on you know part of one championship yes um we definitely go a little bit a little bit more intense because we're about the same size yeah um so we're able to to put in a little bit more heat behind our punches and kicks without either of us getting, you know, real damage. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a little bit of both, but I wouldn't say we full on hundred percent go, <laughs> go fight mode on somebody <laughs> during sparring. My coach is a advocate of, you know, using sparring as time to work on our, our vision, our timing and our technique, not necessarily to, to, you know, even go caveman on somebody. <laughs> this is we it. also <laughs> we also have like, you know, various levels uh, of people uh, training. So, you know, you can't can't have that. <laughs> have some you don't uh, some walk offs. Well, this is it. You know, someone's been there for three weeks and they're stepping with with JT the champ, and uh, <laughs> she just lights her up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not the purpose of sparring. It's yeah, it's to learn. <laughs> exactly exactly to, to to learn to to um to form new habits and skills um, yeah to to train what you've been you know drilling and seeing okay when can i throw this uh what's the best distance to throw it from what is the best time to throw it because i definitely made a ton of mistakes in sparring <laughs> but best, that's the best place to make it <laughs> exactly best time to do it when there's no cameras you know on the world stage so <laughs> and i definitely had some very <laughs> hard hard in terms
it's a mentally hard uh, sparring sessions. Um, but I, I swear I have one leading up to fight every time where there's just one really bad, like mentally <laughs> bad mental sparring day where I just feel completely defeated. But for some reason after that, you know, everything somehow clicks yeah. and, and everything just comes together the following weeks before the fight. But I always have to have one of those. Not always have to have, it just somehow happens every yeah. time. I'll have one of those those bad days where I just kind of break down. I'm like, why the hell is it anything working today? <laughs> well, I guess sometimes you've got to go through those deep, those um, peaks and troughs to, you know, to fortify, you know, JT and, you know, to, for you to realize like, you know, this is, this is who I am. Like, you know, I, I'm better than this. I can't let this continue. <laughs> Well, and, and they say like when you sleep, your mate, your brain start, you know, making sense of things that happen during the day. the day, yes, indeed. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's what happens after those, you know, quote unquote bad days. <laughs> you know, I go to sleep and my brain's like, all right, well, this didn't work out so much. So let's, let's see if we can arrange things that way. So, you know, my next sparring session would come out a lot better <laughs> i think there's that and also with your analytical mind i'm pretty sure the abacus will be involved in <laughs> in the unpacking of the of, of the uh, the sparring session so it's like no we need to do this <laughs> yeah it, you know i i hate those days because <laughs> my self-esteem just like crashes and i i you know my body's hurting by that time but you know, after I get over that hump, it's like, it's, it's really weird. It's just my brain processes it. And then I think, all right, well, that's just one bad day. Let's figure out what to do to get to a, get to a better place. <laughs> yes. And, and somehow, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always able to get out of it. Mm. And I, I think is it knocked down a, a shit ton of times but you know if you get back up and keep at it you'll you'll get out of it definitely <laughs> and you'll get out of it better and on and on the flip side you know your sparring mate who maybe have got got the uh the, the upper hand on that particular occasion just think of their self-esteem like wow you know look I, I, i've been in i was in there with jt and i, I took a you know to, to the limit to all three rounds man flipping out like like whoa i'm buzzing kind of thing no it, it's actually a really good thing because it causes everybody to level up and that's what i want right you don't want to keep your sparring partners down here and you be up here because then how are you going to get better you yes. got to bring your you know you got to bring everybody up so that you get better and then you know what happens is they get better one day and then I get better and then it just keeps going yes. keeps going higher and higher. Yes. 